0: Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Well, good morning, and I want to begin by um, telling you about a book that I read some time ago. The book was titled A Good Walk Spoiled, and you may be able to guess that the book is about golf. Uh, and specifically about the professional golf tour. And in the book, there's a wonderful description about a terrific golfer named Nick Faldo. Nick Faldo um, turned pro at 19. He played in the Ryder Cup at 21. He won a number of major tournaments. But at one point in Nick Faldo's life, his game fell apart. And so he tried everything. He took lessons He stayed at the driving range until midnight. He bought new clubs, and nothing worked. At one point, he said, sometimes I just go into the garage and start throwing clubs against the wall. And the moment of truth came in the spring of 1987. The book describes it this way. Then came the click. The click, when all of a sudden the swing that is so damn hard becomes easy. Every time the club goes back, you know what's going to happen, and it can happen with one shot. That was the way it was for Faldo. He flattened his downswing a little and found that he could fade the ball 100 times out of 100, 1,000 times out of 1,000. Click. Can you think of any click moments like that in your life. Let me give you one other example. I was talking recently with a high school student about what it's like to take high school from home by Zoom. And specifically, uh, I was asking this student about his teachers. And he told me about one teacher that he especially liked. And when I asked him why, he described a moment in class. This is what he said. The teacher was going over a math problem, and I just didn't understand. I told him I was stuck. So he went through the problem really slowly, and he really listened to my questions, and he really took time to pay attention to me. And then, all of a sudden, I got it. It was amazing. One moment everything was confusing, the next moment everything was clear. It was a miracle. So can you think of any miracle moments like that in your life? Well, whether we want to call it a a click moment or a miracle moment, the exact same thing is taking place in this morning's gospel that I just read. The scene is the part of the Holy Land that's a little bit like the Catskill Mountains. Uh, The scene takes place in the northern part of Israel, up in Galilee, right at the foot of Mount Hermon. And Jesus is going there for the same reason that you and I go to the Catskills, in order to get refreshed and to get ready for what happens next. And what's next for Jesus, and he knows it, is that final, fateful trip down to Jerusalem and to a hill in the shape of a skull. And in today's passage... Jesus is having a talk with his disciples. I imagine maybe they're resting by the side of the road, and Jesus asks the disciples a question. And on the surface, it seems like a fairly normal question. But in fact, it is loaded with enormous implications. The question is in two parts. First of all, Jesus says, I know there's lots of rumors going on about who I am. Who are people saying I am? And the disciples answer, well, some people are getting you confused with your cousin, John the Baptist. Some other people, there's some rumors that uh, your Elijah come back from the dead. And then Jesus comes to the second question, the real question. He says, but you, who do you say that I am? And I imagine that Jesus is holding his breath When he asks this question, will any of them know the answer? Will any of them have even a glimpse of the enormous implications of this question? And then comes the click moment. Then comes the miracle moment. Because Peter declares with utter clarity, you are the Messiah. Now, with the benefit of hindsight, you and I know that good old Peter still has a ways to go before he fully gets it, before he uh, fully falls into the arms of amazing grace. But then you and I have a ways to go also. Nonetheless, this is a click moment for the ages, and it's the moment for Peter that is offered for you and for me as well. It's a click moment, not for a good golf swing, not for a good calculus equation. It's also not a click moment for having any sort of control or any earthly security. After all, as Bishop uh, Fitzsimmons Allison puts it, the symbol for Christianity is not an overstuffed chair, nor a paid up pension plan for retirement from life, nor a safe bank vault, but a cross. This click moment right here is for an explosion of tender mercy on all the places in your life where you are aching and guilty and hurting and, not to put too fine a point on it, deader than a doornail. One of my own experiences of this click moment uh, took place uh, a number of years ago. I was on a study leave and I was volunteering on the AIDS ward of a hospital here in Manhattan. And one day, a patient with AIDS showed me a postcard that was sitting on his bedside table, and he explained to me about what that postcard was. Back in the 16th century, there was an epidemic of syphilis that was sweeping through Europe. And the artist Grunwald painted an altarpiece ...for the hospital in Eisenheim, Germany, which cared for patients who were dying of syphilis. And on the altarpiece, the figure of Jesus on the cross is covered from head to toe with the sores of syphilis. And that postcard was a picture of that altarpiece. And as I looked at that altarpiece, I saw that the sores of Jesus looked exactly like the sores on many of the patients who had AIDS. And I realized in that moment that just as Jesus had borne the sores of syphilis in Eisenheim, Germany, in the 16th century, and just as Jesus was bearing the sores of AIDS in Manhattan in the 1990s, so was Jesus covered with all of the different kinds of sores on Jim Monroe, physical, emotional, and spiritual. And in that click moment for me, as I sat by that patient, I knew in a way I'd not known before how much I was loved by Jesus. Now, let me say that this click sometimes does happen in a single moment as with Peter in today's gospel. But it can also happen quietly and gradually. A number of years ago, the great English uh, evangelist Michael Green held a three-day mission at Oxford University. Over a 1,000 university students were there every night. And on the third and final evening, Michael Green invited three students from his seminary to tell the story of their own clique experiences. And the first student said that during his college years, he met some students who were Christians. He talked with them. He read some books. He pondered and considered. And during his senior year, he decided to make a decision to ask Jesus to be his Savior and his Lord. Click. The second student said that he was raised by Christian parents, that he grew up in a wonderful church, and that he could not point to any one moment as the beginning of his faith. Click. The third student said that he got blasted by the Holy Spirit on the floor of a jail cell. Click. And then Michael Green said that the one thing that mattered was what these three seminarians had in common, and that was the experience of being encountered By the crucified and risen Jesus Christ. The experience of being loved by Jesus in the very midst of their struggles and questions and disasters. The experience of being forgiven 100% by Jesus taking their disasters on his shoulders on the cross. The experience of being so loved by that, that's the atoning sacrifice. That they began to become free to really love others. And that's the living sacrifice. I hope that you're going to really listen in just a few minutes when Brittany sings and Camel plays uh, the offertory anthem this morning. The line that's repeated over and over again in the anthem is this He is able, He is able to take our disasters. On his shoulders on the cross. That's what today's gospel is all about. That's what the Eisenheim altarpiece is all about. It's about having the experience, either in a moment or over the long haul, of being so loved by the Messiah that we begin to become free to love others. Marion Wright Edelman is an activist for the rights of children. She's an extraordinary woman, and she tells the story of a click moment of amazing grace. And I want to close with her story. It has to do with two people, a school teacher named Jean Thompson and a fifth-grade boy named Teddy Stollard. And on the first day of school, Jean Thompson told her students, boys and girls, I like all of you the same. But teachers don't always tell the whole truth. And Teddy Stollard was a boy whom Gene Thompson found really difficult to like. He slouched in his chair. He didn't pay attention. His mouth hung open in a stupor. His eyes were unfocused. His clothes were mussed. His hair was unkempt. And he kind of smelled. And through the school records, Gene Thompson learned that Teddy's mother had died a year earlier, and that Teddy's father wasn't showing much interest in the boys' well-being. So the fall went along, and then Christmas came, and the boys and girls brought their presents and piled them up on the teacher's desk, and they were all in uh, brightly colored paper, except for Teddy's. Teddy's was wrapped up in old, crinkly, dirty brown paper and tied up with some old twine and scribbled on it were the, note, were the words for Miss Thompson from Teddy. And she, she tore open the paper and out fell a cheap, fake rhinestone bracelet with most of the rhinestones missing and a bottle of cheap perfume that was almost empty. And when the other boys and girls uh, started to giggle, Miss Thompson had just enough sense to put on the bracelet and to put on a little of that perfume. And at the end of the day, as the other boys and girls were leaving, Teddy hung back and he came over to her desk and he said, Miss Thompson, all day long, you've smelled like my mom. And that's her bracelet. And as Teddy walked out of the room, Jean Thompson had her click moment. She got down on her knees she buried her head in her arms on the chair, and she started to cry. And she started to pray. And she thanked God for the being the recipient of Teddy's sweet love. And in that experience, she became free to begin loving Teddy in a new way. She took up the cross of that ugly bracelet and that cheap perfume, She took up the cross of all of Teddy's sores, the sores of the pain and the emptiness of missing his mom. She tutored Teddy. She worked with him after school. She put herself out to him. And by the end of the year, Teddy had caught up with some of the students and was even ahead of a few. Several years later, Jean Thompson got this note. Dear Miss Thompson, I'm graduating And I'm second in my high school class. I wanted you to be the first to know. Love, Teddy. Four years later, she got another note. Dear Miss Thompson, I wanted you to be the first to know. The university has not been easy, but I liked it. Love, Teddy. Four years later, along came another note. Dear Miss Thompson, It's hard for me to read this. As of today, I am Theodore J. Stollard, M.D. How about that? I wanted you to be the first to know. And I'm getting married in July. Would you come and sit where my mother would have sat? And she went, and she sat, and she wore that perfume and that bracelet, and she shone like a star. That's the click experience of being loved and of loving that the Lord Jesus is just aching to dole out to you and to me and to our aching world. So, just give it up and let him in. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. Produced and recorded at the parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorgesorg slash giving. Thank you.